Welcome everyone to this special episode of On the Safe Side. My name is Barry Botino, and I'm an associate editor with Safety and Health Magazine, the official publication of the National Safety Council. I'll be your host for this episode, which is week three of our National Safety Month 2022 podcast series. Throughout National Safety Month, the National Safety Council is offering free resources to the public, such as infographics, fact sheets, articles, a social media kit, and much more. NSC members also will receive exclusive posters, tip sheets, access to safety talks and webinars, plus additional resources to keep workers safe this month and all year long. You can access NSC's National Safety Month resources at nsc.org NSM. Increase the productivity of your safety inspection teams with Fulcrum, our sponsor of this podcast episode. Managing today's safety programs means overcoming a number of challenges. More projects, sites, and assets, more safety compliance requirements, and smaller teams, many with limited experience. That's where Fulcrum can help. Fulcrum's field inspection management platform allows you to digitize inspections, tasks, and issues, and proactively manage them throughout your organization. Fulcrum also has a new issue reporting capability that allows anyone on site to report issues via a QR code. With Fulcrum's field inspection management platform, you at last have the end-to-end visibility and control you need to optimize the productivity of your safety inspection teams. To learn more, go to fulcrumapp.com. That's F-U-L-C-R-U-M. App.com. This week, we discuss injury prevention with Joanne Dankert, a senior safety consultant for NSC. Joanne is a veteran safety professional who specializes in safety and health compliance, training, safety management system assessments, and compliance audits. Joanne, thank you so much for joining us here on The Safe Side. Hey, Barry, thanks for having me. Joanne, where we're going to start with you is when it comes to injury prevention, where should employers start? First and foremost, they got to want to. It's part of the overall commitment that they have for uh, safety and health, that they want to do some hazard recognition and control of those particular hazards, whether an employee brings them up, whether they see it in a safety audit or some other sort of uh, walkthrough. When we're talking about prevention, it's really that commitment on some proactive activities. And then should they have an incident, they're going to do a good incident investigation and get to the root cause, close those gaps, and communicate those corrective and preventative actions to employees. What are the biggest hurdles or challenges to effective injury prevention? Barry, it comes kind of back to what I said about that personal commitment. You know, one of the things that's really, I think, hard for leadership is they're in that leadership position, you know, upper management position or even frontline leader like a supervisor or foreman because they can get things done. And often they have to get things done through other people. And so they're used to delegating. And safety is one of those things that you really need to have a connection with the workforce. You can't just talk about safety when something bad happens on the job site or the plant floor. And so if they can regularly participate in supporting safety and health activities, 
safety inspections, training events that they might have, just some sort of regular communication, if you will, is, I think, super important. Also, that they do take action. If an employee brings up a suggestion, can they ensure that it's taken care of? I understand not every employee is going to give us a great idea or concern. And sometimes employees can be a little bit self-serving, i.e., you know, the light is out and they'll try to make it a safety hazard or really maybe it's just important to some other aspect of the organization, but they know if they make it a safety concern, it'll get acted upon. So you're right, there's going to be some suggestions that employees make that really aren't safety related or take a longer time to implement. And so just making sure that we can keep employees up to date on where we are, right? We might have to wait on parts or we might be waiting for a particular time, like a long holiday weekend in order to make a change or put a corrective action or control in place. So through their participation, asking questions, are things being taken care of? Can we close this out? And I think also appropriate measuring of progress, whether it's how long does it take us to close out a safety concern or something that we find on an inspection, as well as maybe something that's a little bit more reactive around incidents or injuries or illnesses that have happened on a job site. What injuries do you recommend that employers focus on the most? It's going to be different for every organization. One of the reasons why OSHA asks us to complete an OSHA 300 log is in a way, and this is kind of a strong word, but it forces organizations to trend. Where are we having the most injuries? In a particular area, department, line, task, certain time of the day, maybe you have somebody who I tend to call an injury repeater. They're good for a couple of injuries uh, during the course of a year type of a thing. And so that trending can help us not only be reactive, fix what's broken, but also put some proactive activities in place to help identify hazards and close those gaps, corrective actions, controls, and so forth. I also think that employers can focus on, again, what employees recommend or what their issues or concerns are. Every year at our Congress, we have somebody from OSHA that speaks to us about OSHA's top 10 most frequently cited. Uh, We see a lot of our customers and members focus on, well, what is OSHA looking at? And those OSHA top 10 are usually a mixture of general industry standards that they've cited and construction industry standards. But we can see most definitely what OSHA is focusing on. And that helps us then to be able to maybe take a deeper dive in that process if that is on one of my job sites or in one of my facilities. Be prepared, if you will, uh, when OSHA knocks on the door. What role can employees and management play in injury prevention? It is a partnership, Barry, between employees and uh, management. I think sometimes it's easy to focus more on the employees, but there's definitely some things that the management or the employer can do. And I kind of sound like a broken record here, right? This is the third time I'm going to focus on what do employees say. I think when employees tell us concerns and we act on them, it's almost like putting a deposit in the bank account, right? Not only do they feel heard, but they also, I think, get some confirmation. The idea was a good one. And as an organization, we've taken some action with that. 
I think employers control the work. So anything that an employer can do to standardize work and then incorporate safety and health policies or procedures. If you have a basic operating procedure, a BOP or an SOP or a work instruction, can you list the PPE associated with that? But prior to starting this task, you need safety glasses, safety shoes and hard hat or whatever that is. As the employer integrate uh, safety into the overall task of the job, right? That sends, I think, a, a deep message to employees about how the organization thinks about safety. And then the employer definitely has the opportunity to design work with safety and health in mind, whether we're talking about adding a, a line or buying new tools and equipment. There's the opportunity, I think, to get employees involved in that process and get some feedback, not only on productivity or quality concerns, but what might be the issue or problem with regards to safety and health. Employee side of the house, though, right? We said this was a partnership. It's important for them if they see something to say something. I think sometimes employees feel like, well, you know, I don't want to rock the boat or I don't want to cause an issue or problem. But the opportunity for them to say something, and if they can, take some action on their own to remedy the situation, or if it's too much for them, right, that they tell their frontline leader, their supervisor, foreman, maybe they have a safety team or a safety committee member in their area or department, the opportunity for somebody to know that something is amiss here and needs to be looked at. The same thing holds through with regards to how work is done follow the procedures. Sometimes there's, I think, can be a perception on the employee's part, perhaps to save time, I'm going to do this a little bit different. And sometimes, yes, it does save time, but it could also put them in harm's way. So it's important for them to follow the training that they've been given to do a job or task. And uh, again, the opportunity to speak up if Perhaps as the um, supervisor or foreman, we've missed some sort of safety issue or concern that could make that policy or procedure a little bit better. What we're really talking about is employees wearing personal protective equipment or making sure they follow the controls that have been put in place, like machine guarding or lockout takeout procedures. And that, I think, sort of keeps that line of communication open between employers and employees. What resources are available out there? Most definitely, we can go to OSHA, www.osha.gov. Lots of resources there. And, and it's a pretty easy website to navigate. There's a search box in the top right-hand corner. They have topics listed A uh, to Z. OSHA also has a consultation program for small businesses, 250 employees or less. There's some strings attached with consultation in that if OSHA finds a safety and health issue, we would agree to uh, correct it as the employer, but it can be very helpful. Many organizations work with their insurance broker or insurance company provider through workers' comp insurance. Uh, lots of times they have loss control reps that are coming in and can most definitely help you with issues, problems, concerns, provide training, things like that. There's industry associations for particular types of industry, you know, if we're talking about construction, if we're talking about chemicals, things like that. If you have an organized workforce, you could perhaps even look to the labor unions. Large labor organizations have safety and health staffs at a national level that can help or assist. And then, of course, there's us at the National Safety Council, www.nsc.org. 
We have a lot of free resources, webinars, podcasts like this that can help people kind of get in the right direction. Well, thank you, Joanne, for sharing your insights with us and for joining us for this special National Safety Month podcast series. We appreciate our audience for listening and for all you do to keep workers safe. Be sure to check out our other special episodes during National Safety Month at safetyandhealthmagazine.com slash podcasts. And please stay on the safe side.